This is The Young Conservatives, with your hosts, Sean Allen and Judy Allen. All right, folks, welcome back to The Young Conservatives Podcast. We've got quite a bit to talk about today. I know we've been, I've been out for a while, Judy did solo last week. Um, so today we're going to be recapping um, the State of the Union, um, some of the great points we think Mr. Trump hit on. Now, then we're going to be talking about New York and Virginia's disgusting abortion laws. And finally, um, we're going to move to Spygate. We're going to set up the names and people for it so you'll know just who we're talking about uh, when we begin Spygate. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. Yeah, as always, this episode is sponsored by the Kirk Nettles Agency of Farmers Insurance over in West Plains, Missouri. Um, They're located at 1509 Imperial Center. You can find them online or call 417-256-2425. Yeah. They offer all lines of insurance in Missouri and financial services, but throughout the whole U.S., you can get their great life insurance. Yeah. So, um, like I said, the first thing that we're going to be talking about is Trump's State of the Union address, which if you guys missed it, um, it was an excellent speech. Very good. It was long, though. It was long. And a lot of standing up and sitting down, <laughs> which gets kind of annoying after five minutes. Yeah, an hour and 22 minutes was the speech. But speaking of standing up and sitting down at school, in my AP government class, we watched it. And so we got so tired of watching um, them, like, sitting up and standing sitting up sitting down and standing up that um we found a version that skipped all the clapping and you know what it went down from what went from an hour and 22 to 56 minutes (laughs) there was close to 30 minutes of clapping folks and you know what clapping adds to the whole thing absolutely nothing yeah so if you watched it, hats off to you for sticking around for the whole thing. I watched the whole thing live. Judah's, I I think, since he had um, something that night, so he's watched it afterwards. Um, mm-hmm. Both of us thought it was a great speech. Um, the theme, Unify, was actually pretty correct to what he talked about. Um, I don't think, the only thing I thought that he said was kind of taking a shot at the Democrats um, was... Something along the lines of it's time to stop these partisan investigations. So I, I think that's close to one of the only things that he said that was really um, partisan in the speech. But yeah, but yeah. so we're at the beginning he came out hit, strong, like along bipartisan stuff, which I'm sure a lot of people were unsu- were very surprised about. Even um, who's that stupid guy from CNN? Don Lemon. No, not Don Lemon. He's bad. Wolf Blitzer? No, not him. It's Anderson the, uh, Cooper? Uh, not one of those guys. Whatever. One uh, Acosta. Jim, Jim Acosta. Acosta. Jim Acosta. He reported that the whole speech was going to have a bunch more of, you know, Trump talking crap about the Democrats. Yeah. But, well, from what you can see or you can hear if you listen to it, he didn't. He actually started off, like, really hard going bipartisan and working together. He said, quote, There's a new opportunity in American politics, if only we have the courage to seize it. Victory is not winning for our party. Victory is winning for our country. You know, that was probably my second favorite line of the whole speech right there. You know what was my first favorite line, Judah? What? 
America never has and never will be a socialist nation. <laughs> so me that and Judah were me and Judah were talking about this um, right before we came on, and we were talking about how the camera panned to Bernie Sanders after he said that. And if you haven't watched the speech or if you haven't seen that part, you need to go watch it because he's sitting there and he looks so mad. It's so he funny. That, like, it is really funny. I think it's funny that they thought to pan out and show him. Like they panned out and then they went over and zoomed in on him. I bet there was like one camera guy who Trump talked to before and he was like, okay, listen here. I'm going to say something about socialism. You, camera four, zoom in on Bernie Sanders. Uh, probably, honestly. And then like it's so funny because Bernie's so grumpy and then he's like, oh, I'm on the big screen. Yeah, and so I think the first point we need to hit on is the immigration. Um, what he said about the immigration, specifically that building a border wall is not inhumane. Inhumane. No. It's cruel to the people on our side of the border that don't have the wall. And he he is absolutely correct. These wealth, These wealthy politicians are sitting at their homes probably right now and what do they have around their houses, Judah, to protect them? Walls or fences. Walls and armed security guards. Mm-hmm. And so when they say walls are not needed, then why don't they take down the walls or fences to their house and get rid of the armed guards? And then what would happen? That's because they understand that walls work. Now, the thing yeah. with the wall... Of course, like, we need more than just a wall if we're going to secure the southern border. As Democrats have proposed, like, drones and other stuff, that helps. But the thing is, with those things so you can find illegal immigrants, those drones aren't going to stop them from coming through. And it's going to take a while for the border security to actually get to them. So if you couple both of them, like, mix them both, that would be great for securing the border. Yeah. And I mean, ending like, the huge influx of drugs to America from Mexico. Yeah. If it was like predator drones, though, I guarantee <laughs> you we could get them to stop real quick. But, uh, yeah. Just just what we need, bombing the southern border. What Trump's he said um, that in his bill, that or budget he's proposed, that he has humanitarian aid as well. And so I don't know why the Democrats are getting up, so upset and offended, um, considering that they voted for a border wall in 2007 and 2013. And so we talked about this a couple episodes ago. Um, the Democrats are just trying to be obstructionist, folks. That's all they're doing. I guarantee you that a lot of them do want the wall, but you know why they don't want it? Because Trump's our president. And they don't want Trump to have his final victory pretty much from his campaign promise no because they don't think they want to make sure if he if he gets this wall he's definitely getting re-election and they oh yeah his base can stop it he's yeah not gonna even though that seems like a bit of a problem now because after the state of the union speech it looks really bad for democrats his numbers are really high after that from cbs polls right now he has a 76% approval rating of the speech, leaving it with a 24% disapproval, which is insanely high for a speech. And this is Donald J. Trump, Sean. 
Not like yeah. Ronald Reagan or John F. Kennedy. This is Trump. And some people have said, especially Vox, they said this, that, well, he only had such a high approval rating because Republicans watched. So on this same CBS poll, they polled Republicans, Democrats, and Independents. Republicans came in at a whopping 97% for the State of the Union. Democrats, 30% approval for the State of the Union. Which is still a decent number for Democrats. That's pretty amazing for Democrats. But this is the whole important point about this. The most coveted group in politics is the independents. Because as a Republican, you know you'll get the Republican vote. As a Democrat, you know you'll get the Democrat vote. But there's all these independents. And Trump, in this State of the Union, got 82% approval rating (laughs) from independents, which is insanely high, like... I bet you can't find 82% of independents that really agree on anything. Yeah. But on this, this is like, this is unheard of. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I was one of the people before his speech that I thought, personally, I did think he was probably going to go out and attack the Democrats for being idiots, mostly. I mean, I, I'm sure that's what lots of people thought. I know um, Dan Bongino of the Dan Bongino Show thought that. Um, Mark Levin thought that, um, Sa- Michael Savage from Sav- Savage Nation thought that. I mean, everybody thought that. Ju- I mean, I think you probably thought that, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's Trump's thing. He likes to... I figured the State of the Union would just be Trump making points while putting in filler, like, okay, Democrats, frankly, you suck. But... Yeah. No. He didn't do that. Yeah, he he did nothing like that, and that was that really impressed me. Um, that it shows that, you know, everybody always wants to say, "Oh, well, he's not president material because he never acts like one." Well, I'll tell you, Tuesday night he sure as hell acted like a president. He did, indeed. and in fact, I think he was more um, civil, we'll say, than I think Obama was in his State of the Unions. I can't make a comment on that because I've never seen any of his State of the Unions. But I've never seen a full one. I just watched bits and pieces, and he was kind of like, I can't stand the man, so of course I thought he was stupid. But anyway, um, one of the next things we're going to talk about Wait, is... I got one thing to say before we keep moving on. So I believe Trump might be doing this, like, you know how he does his thing where he insults the Democrats and his opponents. Yeah. It looks like he might be trying to not do that whole Trump stuff that got him on the news all the time anymore. Because as he said in his speech, he said, quote, We must reject the politics of revenge, resistance, and retribution, and embrace the boundless potential of cooperation, compromise, and the common good. So right here it looks like he's not just trying to toe the party line. He's trying to actually work with the Democrats who now control the House, which is yep. something echoed from when they first took the House. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think his comments on abortion, um, considering we're going to get to this here in a little bit, but considering New York's new abortion law, um, their Virginia proposed bill, which is horrifying, mm-hmm. his comments on that were really really well put 
Um, at one point, um, he talked about executing the baby after they're born, because in Virginia, their new bill would allow that, quote, if the doctor feels it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And I'm the sure... The governor a, supported it. Yeah, Ralph Northam, um, who's coming under fire recently for, quote, mm-hmm. blackface photo. But anyway... I've got a theory about that that I'll get on later, but go ahead. Yeah, and so his con- he, when he said... I believe it was something along the lines of, in Virginia, there's a new bill that will allow babies to be executed after birth. And I think I think the language that he used um, was really fitting, too. Because mm-hmm. what else are you going to call, like, a killing of a baby after it's already born? What else would you call it? Murder. Yeah, but there's no good term to put it. Well, they could call it a woman's choice, but... Well, then a woman's deciding to sh- murder her baby, essentially. And mm-hmm. so... Which is insane. Yeah. Like, you need some heavy propaganda to be okay with that. When he said that, um, and he said, I want Congress to pass a bill that will ban late-term abortions. Of course, all the Republicans stood up. And you know what's... Even Democrats can't... They can't stand for wanting to end murder. But here's the thing. All the, the Democrats always want to care about our prison inmates... Um, who are on death row, murderers, rapists. They care more about them do they, than they do our unborn or the already born. I mean, how horrifying is that? Now, this mm-hmm. is the party the of most the left innocent today. People. Yeah. They're, they're more worried about defending rapists and murderers than they are babies who have done mm-hmm. nothing. And, I mean, I'm kind of conflicted with the whole death row thing. Because I definitely think people who do horrible crimes should be killed. But I don't really want to give the government the power to kill, you know, whoever they want. Because if it goes authoritarian, that's not going to look good for for us. But, I mean, ugh, they just don't even oppose it for that same reason. But then they're also like, yeah, let's execute babies. I mean, yeah, it really is executing them if they're already born. And the doctor's choice quote is to um, kill the baby. And frankly, it's quite scary that this is the party of the left that we're getting today, is that they are now giving the woman not just a choice to kill her baby in the womb, but now to kill it after it is already born. I mean, that's kind of scary that this is now the party of today. Yes, and like what you've seen in the past... Abortion has always been a very split issue here in America, except the left with their whole pro-choice thing. They've been like 1% above of pro-life people. So that's always been a barely losing issue for America. But Donald Trump, he's managed to flip that around. He's one of the first Republicans to bring it back to a winning issue for us. Why? Because he's a super genius 4D chess player, 7D chess, however far it goes. Maybe. He might be. But I think it's mostly because the Democrats have gone so far that Donald Trump just saying that we should ban late-term abortion brings it so that not only the conservatives support it, but also the moderates who understand how insane late-term abortion is. 
even the legal safe and rare things. And one of the big leftists who started opening up minds of people to this whole Roe v. Wade facade. And speaking of that, Roe from Roe v. Wade is now a born-again Christian and admits she was wrong. But anyway, we have Ralph Northam over in Virginia, the governor, who supported the whole murdering of kids, of babies after they were born, which is insane. But then almost instantly, flawlessly after that, this whole narrative of him being a racist and wearing a KKK thing or blackface in a picture, we don't know which one it was, this pops up. And then there's a story about him not wanting to shake black people's hands. Now, both of those could be true, but you might not agree with me, Sean, but I find this timing really convenient. I believe it was something put out there to detract from the big story, because I think this Ralph Northam guy came out too quick saying what he truly believed and what his agenda is probably, what his agenda is trying to doing, to do. So he comes out and says this, so then they have to detract from that to keep people not awake. Because most of this abortion stuff is just because they've been so heavily propagandized yeah. from the left. And so, I mean, that could be true. I mean, not. It sure kind of seems like it, because as soon as those comments came out, less than two days later, this is, I remember getting a thing from Fox News, and it said, breaking news, Ralph Northam um, calls for him to step down or whatever. So it is a bit odd that those were come at the same day, or same time. And our conservative news sources, they just, like, they eat that up. They're like, we don't like this guy. They have yeah. dirt on him. Ah, foaming at the mouth, which is yeah, so Yeah, I hate it when either party's news sources do that with anybody, because then that's all they talk about for a solid week straight, and that's happened on Fox News every morning, I've heard about it. But, so the next, one of the next big points that um, Trump talked about in his speech um, was unemployment, and how we're getting record numbers in black unemployment, record numbers in Hispanic um, unemployment which is really, really terrific. And then he started talking about how there are more mm -hmm. women in position of power, CEO, um, CFO, owners of businesses, um, than there were ever before. So, And in Congress. Yeah, and in Congress. Now, if you go back and watch it, Democrats didn't stand for the, un the record low unemployment for blacks the record low unemployment for her Hispanic people, Judah. You know what they stood for? They stood for themselves, especially when he mentioned the women in Congress that were a historic high um, for women in Congress. Now, they stood up, and they just went nuts when that happened. They are cheering, hugging each other, um, high-fiving. And if you watch the speech, they were all wearing white, and that is because this is 100 years since um, the legislation was passed that they can vote. So this is a hundred years since then. That's kind. Of, that's partially why, and partially, um, Alexandria Osio Cortez, being the idiot she is, um, she said that they did it to promote women's equality in the workforce and Congress today by wearing white. Yes, and and she said to that they're advocating for equal rights in general. Now, Judah. I mean, I'm not a woman. You're not a woman. No. 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I really don't think there's hardly, if any, rights that men have that women don't. Can you no. think of any? No. And if we're wrong about this, please send us an email. Yeah, conservatives at gmail.com. But I'm pretty sure we're not wrong. Like, and there's a new Gillette, um, speaking of this, um, there's a new Gillette ad out. And did you see that they are now putting toxic um, masculinity? I can't ever say that word. Masculinity. That's why I hesitated. Yeah. Um, and so they were showing, like, parents and stuff. And only one parent was ever the jerk or the wrong person in any of them. And it was always the guy. It was always the husband. Is there something wrong with being a guy in today's society? Like, has it... Should there be a new men's rights movement? Because <laughs> um, we're just being attacked from left and right. If you're a real man in America nowadays, you're hated automatically just because you're a man. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, I think that Gillette ad was actually kind of hilarious, but in like a bit of a sad way. Because there's one part wrestling, and these dads are just like, well, boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Then a whole line of dads cooking on a grill are like, boys will be boys. And it's all echoing. It's so stupid because, like, I'm a guy. Sean's a guy. Wrestling is great. It's a good... It's oh, a, yeah. Me and Judah wrestle all the time. It's a healthy way to get out aggression. And it's a good way to build your real-life skills if you ever end up getting in a fight over something stupid. You'll be able to, well, not die. Yeah. And so when they stood for themselves, I think that finally showed how Democrats are self-obsessed and they only worry about their image. Because, you know, they're always saying they're the party of they're the party of all the minorities in America. But yet they don't stand for any of that. They stand for themselves. So do you think that's ironic that um, their self-obsessed image finally came out or what do you think? Well, yeah, I also noticed something interesting with them standing up. Like, you could see a legitimate split in the Democrats. There were people, Democrats, who would stand and clap for something Trump said, and a bunch of the Democrats would stay sat down, but they wouldn't even do the glare eye at other people. They're just like, we understand. There's a split in the Democrat Party. There's been a fracture. While simultaneously, which is perfect for us, Sean, They've united the Republican Party. Yeah. This is like a perfect situation for us. The Democrats over there, they're starting to fracture, it seems like. And we're just being brought closer together because they're doing all this insane stuff that we can all unite over, like yeah. abortion. And honestly, I th I thought when they were standing for themselves, um, I honestly thought that might have been the worst part of the speech um, for the appearance of the democrat party that the women only stood for themselves but they couldn't stand for anything else um i thought that was horrible but one of the great things i think that trump said after that is um of course you could see that he didn't like it because they just clapped and cheered and when i mean he didn't like i mean he didn't not like it because they were doing it because they're girls he just that kind of interrupted his speech because they went on and on clapping and stuff and so i thought it was great when he's like you weren't supposed to do that and he laughed about it, and he's like, but really, that's great. And so I, th I think it's great that he made a joke right there. But, um, 
so the last part we're going to hit about the State of the Union is the state of the economy. Our economy is about as strong as it's ever been, folks. Go look at the numbers. Well, the Dow's been plummeting Most, a bunch, but honestly... That's bound to happen after however long it's been It's solid. We're overdue for a huge recession. Yeah. I'm su- honestly surprised it hasn't happened by now. But Trump's a businessman, Judah. He mm-hmm. gets deals done, and it, I think that's what's great about him being a president right now. He is a businessman, and our economy was still hurting from Obama. And it, our economy has really grown. You remember when Obama said he wouldn't hit uh, 3% GDP, or 3.5% GDP? No, I don't remember We're that. We're up to... A, it was when Trump was running, he said he'd get it up to a 4.0% um, GDP. You know what we're at? What? 4.2. So Trump has really exceeded numbers while adding crazy amounts of jobs. Last month, um, we were expected to add 165. We added 304,000 jobs in the month of January, which is... That's awesome. Incredible. We almost, He almost doubled... The amount Mm -hmm. expected, which is crazy. That's really terrific. And then, so he went on talking about the economy, um, saying um, this is an economy boom like we've never seen before. Um, Of course, everybody stood for that, except the Democrats, because they hate seeing America succeed. And, um, yeah, we're now, uh, for the first time in U.S. history, we're net um, exporters of energy. Which is also awesome. We're also the number one oil producing country in the world. Wow. Now. I mean, is that, that crazy or what? East. This is America. The yeah. U.S. of it's, A. It's crazy. Like, if this was the State of the Union speech, we'd all start getting up and chant USA. USA. Oh, that, that was another awesome thing. Even, you know, Trump... His speech was so good, he got America-hating Democrats to stand up and chant USA, US. That shows how well of a unifier he is. When they chanted that, it almost, you know, I don't get teary-eyed very often, but there was literally, I'm going to be honest with you, there was three times I kind of got teary-eyed during the whole thing. A, when he was talking about the World War II vets, because World War II vets always have and always will have a special place in my heart when he talked about the three that were at Mm d-day two um when he got the dachau survivor concentration camp survivor to sit next to someone that liberated dachau that was also incredible and then they started singing happy birthday to (laughs) one of them that was also awesome and then he said you wouldn't do that uh for me which was also really funny and then when they chanted usa I mean, I don't know why, but hearing those three letters being chanted is almost like magic. It is like, it's, it's awesome. I love hearing it. It's great because, like, Trump's supposed to be this guy who's just dividing America with divisive politics. He managed to unite the Republican and Democrats of the Congress chanting USA together. Yeah. I mean, like... I don't think any of us could have even predicted this I mean, happening. I'm, I, I figured the Republicans were chanting because the last day of the Union, Republicans did it a couple times, and I don't think the Democrats ever really joined in. And he got them to join in this time, which was awesome. Um, I 
I mean, the last point that he talked about really in the State of the Union was energy, how we're for first time net exporters of energy and stuff like that, which, I mean, if I had to rate his State of the Union as we wrap this bit up, if I had to rate his State of the Union address, I'd probably give him a solid 10 out of 10. Mr. President, that was the State of the Union address that our country needed right now. I mean, what would you give him? Well, considering I've only watched half of it, it was still great. I give him like a solid 9.5. I mean, he did an excellent job, especially when he said, Members of Congress, I'd like to inform you that the state of our union is strong. And that was one of the things he opened up with. And I was like, yes. this is gonna... That's one of those moments where you just get shivers. I know. Like... When you hear that kind of like, um, the hair starts to stand up and on your neck and you're like i love america that's one of the moments that's the part of the movie when like the good guys start turning things around and you can see it they're about to win oh yeah you're like it's like oh it's gonna happen it's gonna happen it's like they should just put that in every movie where where it starts looking good for the people like the state of our union is strong (laughs) yeah they definitely should uh that'd probably be a great movie entry if all of a sudden the middle of a fight scene the good character stands up and goes people that are watching this fight at home and abroad thank you the state of the union is strong and i will now rip off my enemy's head (laughs) as he proceeds on to do so i mean i think that'd be awesome good stuff um Speaking of awesome, one thing that is not awesome <laughs> is um, Virginia's new abortion law. Which we've I talked mean, about multiple times. Yeah, we've talked about it multiple times. But I want to. I kind of want to get into what they said about it. Well, Virginia um, didn't pass the law, did they? Yeah, they haven't passed it yet. Um, they had a hearing for it the other day. And I'm going to have Judah play a clip here of what she said about the part where the doctor can just kill the baby. How late in the third trimester could a, a physician perform an abortion if he indicated it would impair the mental health of the of the woman? Or physical health. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm um, talking about the mental health. So, I mean, through the third trimester. The third trimester goes all the way up to 40 weeks. Okay. But to the end of the third trimester. Yep. I don't think we have a limit in the bill. Where it's obvious that a woman is about to give birth. She has physical signs of, of, that she is about to give a birth. Would that still be a point at which she could request an abortion if she was so certified? She's dilating. Uh, Mr. Chairman, that would be a, you know, a decision that the doctor, the physician, and the woman would I understand that. that. I'm asking if your bill allows that. My bill would allow that, yes. And so, yeah, after hearing that, um, you hear her say at one point, well, you hear the guy that's asking her the questions first, like, would this bill allow doctors to kill a baby after being born? She kind of hesitates, and she's like, uh, yeah, but if the doctor feels it's necessary, and he kind of interrupts her and says, would this bill allow for doctors to kill babies after they're born if the mother wants them to? And she hesitates, and she goes, yes. And you know why she hesitates, Judah? Because it doesn't sound good. The optics are bad. Yes. it It doesn't sound good to anybody i mean 
even two years ago, two years ago, if you said you want to do a late-term abortion up until the when she is dilating, or after the baby is born, you want to kill it, you'd be considered insane. What has happened? Someone would honestly probably shoot you to save a bunch of little babies. Even Democrats back then probably would have thought you were insane. So, I kind of want to break this off into, why, why are the, Demo the Democratic Party not just... I mean, there's some good people in the Democratic Party. I should say, why does the radical left want to keep getting further left and further left and further left when you can you can obviously see the numbers are starting to trend in a conservative direction? So why are they wanting to constantly move further left? Is there an explanation for it? I don't know why, but I see it as just a, a version of the race to the bottom. Like you could see over with communism over in the east in Russia, Germany. First you had Karl Marx, who was a commie, but at least he didn't kill people. Then you had Lenin, yeah. who was a commie, and he did kill people. And then after that you had Stalin, who was an absolute evil, tyrannical, commie dictator who killed insane amounts of people. Yeah. It's, it's not a... on the same scale, I don't think, but same principle not quite yet not yet though not yet that's the scary thing are they just going to keep moving further left and keep introducing bills that are that will allow the baby to be killed up to a year after it's born if the mother doesn't want it well they're making or two years or three years by making murder legal that sets an insane precedent like i i feel like this is most likely going to go in a direction of eugenics I mean, years ago, this wasn't very big, but uh, Bill Gates actually did a TED Talk, and he talked about how we need to end global warming, and he put up this big equation, and one part of the equation was humans, and different stuff humans do to emit carbon. And he said, we need to get one of these numbers close to zero to get carbon close to zero, as he showed a picture of people, and he said that we could lower amounts of we could lower the human population by vaccines what vaccines are supposed to kill people i'm pretty sure that's not the point of them it's yeah. really worrying just seeing this stuff out there and talking about the left moving further left and further left um in connecticut judah they are now um they're trying to introduce a bill that will pretty much um, not let any freedom-loving, gun-shooting American shoot just for target practice um, or even buy ammo for self-defense. They are wanting to implement a 50% sales tax on ammo in Connecticut. Oh, that's awful. Which drives rates through the roof for any ammo. Any ammo. I mean... If you're in Connecticut, you might want to start stocking up now. Because I was looking at your state senate and state house, and they're both liberal. Mm -hmm. and so you might be in trouble. Start stocking up now. The Green New Deal. That's another That's another um, portion of the left that's wanting to just move further left. Yeah. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez today said that Republicans are right. I do want to get rid of air travel because of the carbon emissions it releases into our atmosphere. I mean, is this not ridiculous? Yeah. That we're getting this far left? And one thing for have you liberals, not... if there are any of you listening, 
with Connecticut, you might just think, oh, what's a 50% tax extra on gun on bullets? Bullets are expensive. Yeah, to begin with, they're expensive. <laughs> I somewhat recently got a gun for hunting, 308. Bullets are like 50 cents a round. This isn't like Call of Duty where you just find a crate of like a thousand and then you're good to go. No, it's like bullets are so expensive that this 50% mm -hmm. tax being added onto it just makes it even worse. So they're really effectively trying to do a gun ban without doing a gun ban. What they're trying to do, Judah, is I'm going to take that one step further. They're trying to outlaw the Second Amendment without outlawing the Second Amendment. Because what's next after 50% sales tax on ammo? 50% sales tax on guns. And what's after that? 100% sales tax on ammo. And what's after that? 100% sales tax on guns. Mm -hmm. And people could say that's the slippery slope fallacy you're doing. But really, in a lot of cases, the slippery slope fallacy isn't even a fallacy. Like with gay marriage, when that came around, conservatives were saying, well, next they're going to try and make transgenderism big. And then pedophilia, okay. So what's coming now? We have the huge transgender movement, which they're pushing for being just perfectly normal. And then right now, Vice and Jezebel, Slate, all these more left-wing outlets that are about maybe half a year ahead of CNN or New York Times have been saying there are articles like, I'm a pedophile, not a monster, and this creepy, insane stuff. So, like, back then they called it all slippery slope fallacy that it would go this way. But guess what? It did go that way. It is going yeah. that way. This could we're seeing happen. The we're seeing the same thing with abortion. Like, we gave them what they wanted in abortion, and now they're wanting to take it 20 steps further. Yeah, we listened to Legal, Safe, and Rare. We were like, okay, we don't quite agree. But yeah, and it's none of you guys I mean, aren't It's insane. legal. Then now but it's, it's not safe or rare. It's legal, on-demand, taxpayer-funded. Yeah. and it's... Which Trump wants to make completely illegal. Like, even Planned Parenthood does loopholes to do it. Trump's going to try and, like, end that thing, which is great. Yeah. And so, as we wrap up this part, I just want to say, if you're a if you're a Democrat listening, or even if you're an independent, kind of leads that way, I'm begging you, please, come to the party of not insane people. Your the Democrat Party over the next ten years, I think you're going to see is I think the Democrat Party as a whole is just going to keep shifting to the left, keep shifting to the left, and if a Democrat president is elected next year. We very become a socialist country. I don't see. I mean, you've yeah. got. I don't. You've got many people running on their side that are say they're socialists. Cory Booker, Mister Spartacus, um, he approves of Medicare for all and the government controlling your health care. Um, Kamala Harris wants to outdo private insurance completely. <laughs> um, that woman's a nut. And Kristen Gillibrand, same thing. It's unacceptable and quite frankly it's horrifying that we're seeing this big of a shift further left and i'd hope you guys realize just how insane this whole abortion thing is it's horrible stuff it's like 
the abortion was the main issue that flipped me from being a liberal to a conservative. When I was a liberal, sixth grade, this seems like a long time ago now, but it was only three years ago. I was a liberal. I was anti-abortion, pro-gun. I thought that's what all liberals were. I was ignorant about politics back then. So then I find out these people are like not just abortion in cases of rape or incest, but completely whenever as a form of contraception. Mm-hmm. And so as, as we're getting near the end of the podcast, um, I, I just want to talk about real quickly. Um, real soon here, I mean, with probably within the next week, we're going to start doing um, shows not completely devoted to, but we're probably going to spend half and half time on it, is Spygate. Because we want to we wanna, um, help you guys, or let you guys know something that no national media outlet is covering hardly. None of them. You never... I'm pretty sure Dan Bongino's the yeah. only guy who talks about it. And I'm going to be honest with and you. And his stuff can get pretty intense. Yeah. Like... I'm going to be honest with you. This is where me and Judah got the idea to do this. Um, we're not going to be copying any of his work, obviously. We're going to be doing our own stuff. Um, and so we've comp- we've compiled a na- um, list of names that I want you guys to think about until our next podcast. This is, uh, next podcast is when we're going to start covering it from the very beginning because I've heard several people that listen to our podcast um, they want us to start at the beginning because this is something you guys need to know about. Because this is very mm-hmm. Spygate, which um, they tried to spy on Donald Trump and say that he worked with Russia um, to give Trump the election. Um, I want you guys to know this is also a disgusting attack that's never been seen before. This scandal is probably the biggest in the history of American politics, folks. And it's hardly being covered. That is what's the scary part. Yeah, the corruption runs deep. And so, as we're getting into um, Spygate, we're just going to call it Spygate, because um, that's an appropriate name for it, really. And so we're going to call it Spygate, mm-hmm. so when you hear Spygate, we're talking about this. And so we're going to get into just how deep this corruption goes within the FBI, within the, Demo- with, within the Democratic Party, with the Hillary Clinton Foundation, and within the Obama administration. Because this is the biggest scandal in American politics ever. And quite frankly, it might be the biggest scandal in the history of world politics, in my opinion. It very well might be. And so I'm just going to give you this list of names, and we're going to wrap um, this episode up. I, I know this episode's a bit longer than they are normally, but we've had a lot to talk about. And so I'm going to give you this list of names, um, and then we're going to wrap it up. So Paul Manafort. Really, really big player. Um, Jim Comey, former FBI director. Robert Mueller, um, current FBI director. Uh, Natalia, Natalia Veselnitskia, um, who was who's a Russian actor slash lawyer. Um, Chris Steele, who authored the Steele dossier. Devin Nunes, um, he's a Republican congressman from California, doing an excellent job on this. And then you've got Roger Stone, who ends. Um, who was just arrested <laughs> within the last few days. Um, so we'll get into that yeah. eventually. Um, my favorite, Papa D, George Papadopoulos, who was set up by the FBI. And Glenn Simpson, um, who works for Fusion GPS. Then you've got Donald Trump Jr. Then you've got Adam... Yeah. Who, of course, You've Trump's got Adam son. Schiff, who's a really corrupt reporter. He's also a horrible reporter. 
Um, I could probably do better with no hands and no eyes than him. You got Peter Stroke, Andrew McCabe, Michael Flynn, who you've probably heard of, Liesl Page, and Trey Gowdy. So those are the list. I want you guys to remember, um, maybe do a little bit of homework um, until our next podcast. Look some of them up, see what they do. But as we're getting to the end of this podcast, um, I know we've been out for a little bit. Um, we've been Both me and Judah have been quite busy these past couple weeks. Judah got a solo out, and I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Um, this one, like I said, is probably our longest ever, 44 minutes almost. But yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I feel like we had a whole bunch of great content in this show. Um, Stay the Union. If you haven't watched it, folks, I really do encourage you to go out, watch it. Um, don't watch the Democrats' response because I think Stacey Abram, who was once a rising star, I think she just great. I think she disgraced herself in the Democratic response, quite frankly. And so. Mm-hmm. Folks, I want to thank you guys for listening today. Um, I hope you guys have as much fun listening to this as me and Judah did recording it. And so, guys, have a great weekend. Be safe. As always, stay strong, stay conservative, and God bless America. Mm-hmm.